0: He is reaching the hearts of his people and saying please help those in need and it's it's coming through. We've been here working from sunup to sundown to allow people to come in, get the necessities they need, get the supplies they need. We've had uh, UMCOR flood buckets pouring in and they've got all kinds of cleaning supplies, brushes, soaps, things that are contained with them. But that's pretty much been our effort all week is providing meals and providing those, you know, required items that they need just for basic survival here and and cleanup and recovery.
1: As the remnants of Hurricane Ida make its path through our BOT Radio Network Memphis and Nashville listening areas, we wanted to provide this special edition of Mid-South Viewpoint regarding the flooding that recently took place in Waverly, Tennessee. I'm your host, Byron Tyler. Dennis Golden is the missions pastor at Fayette Baptist Church. He is our eyes on the ground right now, nearly 10 days since the sudden storms impacted Middle Tennessee counties, where sadly 20 lives were lost in the devastating flash flooding. Dennis, thanks so much for joining Bot Radio Network. Yes, sir, brother. You and I go way back from high school days, and I know God has been using you and your wife, Teresa, in ministry, pastoring, and sharing God's word with people in Fayette County. But recently, you posted some pictures that got my attention as you took a drive to Waverly, Tennessee, just last week to check on the conditions after those horrific floods.
2: Yes, sir. It was.
1: Tell me exactly where you are right now. You've made your way back up to Waverly.
2: Right, right. I'm in Waverly now, uh, and actually uh, just came inside of Waverly First United Methodist Church which
1: is sort of the playout center, I believe, for a lot of activity that's going on right now in the recovery and the relief work.
2: It is, Byron. I'm actually with a Tennessee Baptist Convention disaster relief team, which is right across the parking lot. They are set up at the Methodist Church here, also Waverly Church of Christ, and also First Baptist Church of Waverly Dennis, were you sent up there by the Fayette Baptist Association? No, sir. Our church, we have a disaster relief ministry that is very young. We've been putting it together for a little while. Actually, uh, one of our guys that I would love for him to talk today, but he's not here, James Markle, heads up our disaster relief ministry. We were just uh, informed from the Tennessee Baptist that uh, they would have need for a trailer that we have, and we're manning it. It's a shower-combination washer-dryer-laundry trailer.
1: How many loads of laundry, or what is this particular trailer capable of doing?
2: Well, Byron, it can vary right now. We are mainly ministering to TBC disaster relief cooking team. And that is 15 to 20, I think, people that we, you know, help them provide showers and do their laundry for them. And I'm not sure really a number.
1: So basically you're providing support for those who are in the trenches and supporting those victims right now.
2: Right. That's the main thing we're doing currently. Yes, sir.
1: Which is such a vital thing to keep the team running, going, and making sure they have what they need so they can serve. And, and of course, I know you're as well serving in that capacity. Okay, let's back up if we can, Dennis. When you first decided to go to Waverly late last week... Tell me what you were thinking. I know you've probably heard news reports. You saw some of the heart-wrenching stories and tragic loss of life there, and you decided to make this trip to Waverly. As you got into the area and you started noticing the remnants and what was taking place on the ground now, what were some of your observations?
2: Well, just to back up a little bit, I was a bi-vocational pastor for about 20 years In my secular job, I was an insurance adjuster for an insurance company and actually traveled on their catastrophe teams, you know, even all the way back to Katrina. So I've seen devastation over the years. I guess I kind of knew what I was going to see when I got here. I've seen it so many times. It's tragic. It's definitely a disaster. I'm told that at least 20 people died from the flooding. Many were lost for a while, and they've been found, I don't know, just broken over how these people are hurting, you know, and have lost everything, hundreds of houses.
1: The stories we've heard, Dennis, as you know, are just so tragic, just thinking about what people went through, because the waters rose so quickly. One report was a foot every 30 seconds. The water was moving in so fastly, the homes were being filled with water People, by the time they realized, they couldn't get their families together, and they were stuck.
2: Right. That's what I'm told.
1: Okay, so you right now are there at the United Methodist Church in Waverly, and you said, I believe, that uh, Don Davis with the Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief is there with you? He is. Is he available?
2: Yeah, here he is. Hello. Hey,
1: Don, how are you doing? I'm great. This is Byron Tyler with Bot Radio Network here in Memphis, Tennessee, reporting for our Memphis and Mid-South listeners, as well as our Nashville area listeners, too. In Dixon, we have a station that does reach into the Waverly area, so our listeners are quite concerned for their friends and family in that area. Can you tell us, Don, when the Tennessee disaster relief got on the scene?
3: Well, they, they were here almost immediately. Almost immediately, someone came out, some people came out to do assessments. Then generally, the the feeding unit was deployed on Tuesday. I received a call about 5 o'clock Monday afternoon and said that we were coming, uh, we were leaving Tuesday about noon, and so we've been here since then. Setting up a cooking unit and cooking meals that the Red Cross then takes out into the community.
1: Don, Chris Turner, I know, works with the Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief and the Tennessee Baptist Convention. I did some radio shows with him back, well, it's been over a year now, when the tornadoes that ripped through Nashville area. We did some shows with our Bot Radio Network listeners to keep them posted how they could pray and help people during this time of need. I'm sure in the work that you do, you see disasters, and this is a thing that we don't like to think about. But, of course, in this life, there are disasters. How does this situation compare at Waverly and other places where you've seen disaster?
3: Well, I I actually started working at in Katrina and so of course that was a, a much larger area of coverage, but the devastation is the same everywhere. For the people that are impacted, it is the same and you know, they have a, a lot of spiritual needs, they need emotional support and and what we do through our feeding unit is just to provide a physical need, uh, take one thing off of their plate, so to speak, so that they can concentrate on trying to get their lives back together.
1: Right. Don, besides the feeding, are there other means that you're using to provide services for victims?
3: Yes. The Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief has many different groups. Uh, they have uh, uh, flood recovery groups have been here almost since almost immediately after it happened. Uh, and we have chainsaw groups, uh, lots of different types of groups that go out and try to assist people in disaster relief. Of course, we also have chaplains available, and so we try to do a little bit of spiritual support as well. A lot of different people throughout the state are in, involved in this. Right, and
1: which is a really critical thing when you think about the quick devastation, the emotional support, the spiritual heart that needs to be ministered to. That side of it, the, the spiritual side is so critical, isn't it?
3: It absolutely is. We try to make sure that we keep that in mind that even though what we're doing is meeting a physical need for them, that what they obviously really need is Jesus Christ. And so we try to uh, minister in that way, we try to give them encouragement. We get great support through some of the local churches. This First Methodist here in Beverly has been great to us. I also want to mention the Apex Bank across the street from it has been very uh, helpful to us as well.
1: What a great word. Isn't it wonderful that the body of Christ doesn't have to, in times of need like this, doesn't have to let denominations build up walls? We have to be the body of Christ and serve the community.
3: Absolutely. We really are one church. We just have a lot of different denominations, but we really are one church.
1: Hey, Don, what about temporary housing? We've seen stories where many of these houses in the Waverly area were completely washed off of the foundation or taken away by the floodwaters. Are there housing arrangements nearby where families are able to stay?
3: You know, I don't know the answer to that question. I have seen some houses that have been moved off their foundation. The picture that I had seen earlier of the the house sitting in front of a a gas station uh, I'd seen online before I came here, I actually saw that house when I got here. So there is a lot of that, a lot of needs, and people here in the area trying to meet those needs as best they can. I'm not really sure how how all that is going to be taken care of. A lot of families will help each other. I've met several people that said they were taking care of their family members. I tell you, this community has really gone out of their way to be helpful, We're constantly having people come to us and trying to give us things that we can use to give to people. Almost every business and every church is reaching out to the community. It's heartening to see that we come together like we do.
1: You've been talking about mobilizing volunteers, and I know the Tennessee Baptist disaster relief depends on volunteers for service for the victims. Uh, What's the biggest need right now, would you say?
3: Well, it is going to be uh, clean up Flood recovery. The danger about these types of responses is they get a lot of response immediately, but there's going to be cleanup and rebuild to do here for months and maybe years. So I hope that if people aren't haven't been able to come right away, that they will be able to come a little later and. And continue to help these people because we've kind of in that mindset now that with the 24-hour news cycle we forget what happened a week ago, and we need to continue to remember these people for a long time to come.
1: We sure do, Don. Well, are there certain qualifications that a volunteer should have before making their way to Waverly?
3: Well, that depends on the organization, and in our organization, you do have to be certified. You have to take a certain amount of training. There is a general training that you take, and then you take one or two specialized trainings, like the feeding unit that we're on here, or uh, chainsaw training, or uh, flood recovery. So for our organization, they do require training, but you know it varies by, by organizations. So there's lots of different groups that you can join with and come here and help. Right. Don, what about the
1: volunteers? Where are they being housed?
3: Well, we're actually staying here in the First United Methodist Church. So usually the churches open their doors, and we sleep in uh, Sunday school classrooms. I'm actually sleeping in a little chapel here in this church. So uh, and we sleep on cots and air mattresses or whatever we can, whatever we can find. We rough it for uh, for a week so that we can try to do some good. Well, how long do you
1: plan to stay in Waverly?
3: We will be here for a week. We came last Tuesday. We'll be leaving tomorrow. Uh, Normally, for us, another group would be coming in, but they're actually closing our kitchen now because there's been such a great response from the community that, that it's not as needed as it was at the beginning.
1: I know you're encouraged by that.
3: Absolutely.
1: Don, are you concerned about the current rain predictions as a result of Hurricane Ida that's moving your way?
3: Yes, to some extent. They had 17 inches in 24 hours, is what I've been told, that caused this flood. So I would not expect that that to happen again. But there's a lot of people that will be scared if that, that much rain comes again. And there will be places that will flood again. But I would not think it would be anything that wasn't already flooded.
1: So. Right. Because we mentioned uh, Dixon County, where I believe you are right now in Waverly. There's Hickman, Houston, and Humphreys in addition to Waverly. Is the Tennessee Disaster Relief also working in these other Tennessee counties?
3: You know, I'm not sure. I I am not aware that they are, but uh, there may be individual groups that are doing that. I, I don't. I really don't know the answer.
1: Well, hey, listen, you have given us a up. lot of great information already, Don. Thank you so much. I guess we can talk back to Dennis now. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Don. Don Davis with the Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief doing a wonderful job mobilizing his organization in the midst of such devastation, which we've heard about, but we want our Bot Radio Network listeners to be informed of how they can pray about the current situation and the aftermath of this. Dennis, we appreciate so much you giving us these eyes and telling us the stories Is there anybody else that might be available?
2: I don't have anybody available right now. There are a lot of ministries here. Can you name some of the
1: ministries? I believe the Billy Graham Association, right?
2: Billy Graham, Samaritan's Purse, and I've seen them at every catastrophe I've ever been to. They're usually right on the spot. Of course, Red Cross is always there. Don didn't mention, but the meals that they were making, Red Cross, were taking their meals and delivering them to people. There are some first responders that I've noticed from other counties. Dennis,
1: is power being used through generator or has utilities been restored?
2: You know, I think the utilities have been restored in most of the locations, especially in the Waverly area. There may be Just a few spots that don't have power yet, but they've jumped on that very quickly.
1: Dennis, I read a story from New York Times where they reported that Joseph Prosnicker, recalling the haunting memory of the last time he saw his wife alive, they were at home clutched in each other's arms as rising water swirled around them. He slipped below the surface. When he climbed back up, his wife was gone. This dear man is afraid that this vivid and horrifying fear will overpower the memory of the 17 years together that he had with his wife. That's according to the New York Times report.
2: Just tragic, you know, without a relationship with the Lord, Jesus Christ. I don't know how anybody could cope with that, you know. Counselors, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, praying, you know, where there's power and numbers. I would just encourage everybody to pray for this man and for these families.
1: Have you had a chance to talk one-on-one with any of the residents in the area?
2: Just a couple of folks. And, you know, I've talked to people who have gone through this over the years and other locations. They're all devastated. But, you know, I see the contrast occasionally between some people who are strong in their faith, or have a strong walk with the Lord. You know, their attitude is, God's in control. I know He's going to provide. He's going to take care of us. Then on the flip side, if we don't have that relationship with the Lord, we don't have that peace.
1: Life is so uncertain. We don't have a promise of the next moment. It's a gift from God. To be in relationship with Him through Jesus Christ means that we have the promise that when certain disaster strikes or when death knocks at our door, calls our life, that in a relationship with Christ, we live with God forever. And so I think the key to life is knowing Jesus. As you said, to know him is to know real peace. That's something you and I have experienced. Maybe someone listening right now doesn't know the peace that we're talking about. You come to know that, first of all, realizing that, You and yourself can't do anything to save yourself. It's like when you're in a deep water and you're surrounded by swirling floodwaters and you don't have anything to hold on to. That's how we are in our sin, really, swirling around in a sea of sin in our life, and we have nothing to grip. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We have to trust the work of Christ on the cross. It sounds like a foolish thing, but that's what God provides to bring us into fellowship with him to forgive us our sins, that we trust what he did on the cross. I hope that somebody listening now will realize the brevity of life, realize the need to trust Christ, right?
2: Yes, sir. Byron, you're absolutely right. I do have one of the pastors from Waverly United Methodist Church. Who is that? His name is Jason Dexter. Okay, let me talk to Jason.
0: Hello, sir. How are you today?
1: Jason, doing well. Thank you so much for joining Bot Radio Network. I'm Byron Tyler here in Memphis, Tennessee, and we're talking to our friends in Memphis and the Mid-South, but also our Nashville-area listeners, Bot Radio Network. in. Dixon County and many of the counties close by where you are right now are listening, and so we wanted to be able to share so people can know how to pray and also how to volunteer. But Jason, tell me exactly what your position is on staff there at First United Methodist Church of Waverly.
0: I'm the youth director for the church here. Uh, I took the position January of last year. Uh, the need you know, needed to be filled and, and I applied for it. And so I've been doing this position now for about uh, eight months. have been living here since uh, 2001. Me and my wife and my, my son, who was a year old at the time, moved here about three weeks before 9-11 happened. So we've been here for about 20 years now.
1: Okay. So you're part of the community. Waverly's home for you now. Yes, sir. Jason, where were you prior to the floodwaters hitting Waverly so quickly on the 21st of August?
0: Well, sir, my daughter is a senior in high school, and she was uh, in the middle of a volleyball tournament down in Columbia Central High School. And we were down there Friday evening for part of that tournament, and it went over into Saturday. So we had come home Friday night Uh, When we got up Saturday morning, of course, the rains had started about 1 a.m. here, and it seemed like the clouds just parked right over Waverly. So when we got up at 6 o'clock and started getting ready to head back down to Columbia, there were quite a few parents who were trying to get out of here to also make it back down there. We only had about five families that stayed in the Columbia area. Everybody else was going to drive back and forth. And we were getting reports through our messenger apps that, Many of them were uh, stuck along Highway 70 because the water was crossing the road. Of course, at that time, we were not aware of anybody in serious danger. We just thought, well, it's flooding, water's washed across the road. You know, they'll come back home, and, and they didn't want to try to risk trying to get down to Columbia. Well, the coach had reached out and said, hey, we've got five families here that are ready to play if Melanie who's my daughter can make it would y'all be able to to make it down here and I looked at the map and the rain was to the east of highway 13 towards Columbia and I said sure we can make it and so at eight o'clock we came through town and the waters in Trace Creek were still about two foot below crest level. So we headed on out and pretty much we didn't see any rain all the way to Columbia until we got just into Columbia and it was raining again. We happened to be down there for a volleyball tournament and we were in the midst of that when we started getting reports in from other families of the severe flooding that was happening back home. 20 lives were lost too, Jason. That is correct. Many of those lives, many of those people, of course this town Loves and knows, and me personally, there was one of them who was a player when I coached softball many years ago for my daughter's teams, and she was a member of that team.
1: And what was her name?
0: Her name was Lily Bryant.
1: Lily Bryant. Oh, my. Well, we want to dedicate this program today to the memory of Lily Bryant and the others who lost their lives in these tragic floods, Jason. Yes, sir. So what about your home? Was it destroyed or
0: damaged by the floods? No, sir. Fortunately, I live on the north side of town up on the hilly area. So I had very minor damage to my driveway. So I was very fortunate. And of course, that's what has allowed me to be down here at the church and doing the things I'm doing to help those that are in the greater need.
1: What exactly are you doing right now, Jason, to help those in need?
0: I showed up on Sunday here after church, and we just started trying to feed people and and provide basic essentials for them. Uh, One of the members of our youth group contacted me, and her name is Ella White, by the way, said, Hey, I'd like to start a closed drive, if that would be okay, in our Family Life Center out here. And I said, Sure. Come here, let's get some tables set up. We've already got a few donations that have come in. Since that day, the supplies that have come in from all over Tennessee and in the bordering states and the financial support that's coming in has just been tremendous. God has provided. He is reaching the hearts of his people and saying, please help those in need. And it's, it's coming through. We've been here working from sunup to sundown to allow people to come in, get the necessities they need, get the supplies they need. We've had uh, Umcore flood buckets pouring in, and they've got all kinds of cleaning supplies, brushes, soaps, things that are contained with them. But that's pretty much been our effort all week is providing meals and providing those you know, required items that they need just for basic survival here and, and cleanup and recovery. We've been working with a tremendous team here of people from our church, from people from around the community. It's been amazing.
1: Oh, it sounds like an amazing work and so thankful for those volunteers and support. What about helping the youth cope with the aftermath of the floods, knowing there was young people that lives were lost? These things happen so tragically. How are you, Jason, as a youth pastor, trying to help young people deal with the aftermath?
0: Well, right now, I can tell you most of the ones from my particular youth group that I I see every day, they are so busy trying to help others. I think that's how they have found their path and what they feel like God has led them to do to keep them busy. And, And I don't know, sir, that at this point, their minds have had time to sit down and realize exactly how it's affected and who it's affected everyone. And I think in days to come, my office, of course, will be open. And we've got the counselors that our pastor is arranging right now for people who need that kind of counseling that will want to be able to come in, sit down, you know, whether it's crying somebody's shoulder, whether it's look for guidance through the word, through the Bible and, and how they can cope with this and with God's support and, and God teaching us the path from his scripture. And so we are doing the best we can. I've been fortunate that to this point, I guess, that I haven't had any of the youth that come in that have directly said they are you know, suffering with this, but I know that we are going to provide those uh, in the days going forward.
1: Just a couple of quick things, too, if you would, Jason. How can our listeners pray for you and your community?
0: Prayers are needed. You know as well as I do that the number of people that attend church is low. Our community is no exception to that. You know, we probably I would say have 70% of our community that we are constantly trying to reach and and get them into church and get them to become part of the body of Christ. And so we are always working towards that and and not just in recovery, but we ask for prayers that people will see that God works in mysterious ways, and that he is there for us, and that when they are going through these times, that that's who they need to turn to, and we are just his servants here. We're not the ones that can change lives. We're the ones who just help them to the path of what the Bible says to know who Jesus Christ is.
1: Oh, what a great word there, Jason. God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us here on Bot Radio Network today. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for calling. Thank you so much. Can I talk back to Dennis now?
0: Absolutely, sir. Thank you.
1: Hey, brother. Dennis, thank you so much for the reports that you're providing there in Waverly. Significant cleanup and recovery effort is underway in Dixon, Hickman, Houston, and Humphreys counties. Friend, if you would like to volunteer, you're encouraged to stop by the Dollar Tree there at 505 West Street in Waverly, Tennessee. Many of the response agencies are gathered there, plus at the Waverly United Methodist Church where my brother Dennis is right now. Dennis, thank you so much for bringing this information to our BOT Radio Network listeners. Again, to our friends listening in the Nashville area, also in the Memphis community, we wanted to bring this special radio feature to you so you could know how to pray and how to support our friends in Waverly, Tennessee, and these other counties that have been impacted by these devastating floodwaters. On the 23rd of August, President Biden did declare a major disaster for the state of Tennessee. That declaration makes federal funding available for these counties just mentioned. That's really all the time we have on this program. Dennis, thank you so much for joining Bot Radio Network. Thank you, Byron. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for joining us. For our Nashville listeners and our friends in Memphis and the Mid-South, I'm
0: Byron Tyler. Bye-bye now.